Well, hello, church family. Let us continue to worship together uh, today as we jump right into God's Word. Uh, so grab your Bibles, open up your Bible app. Uh, we're going to turn to the book of 1 John. So the book of 1 John, chapter 2, is where we're going to start out, and we're going to jump just right into God's Word uh, together today. So in chapter 2 of 1 John, starting in verse 12, it reads this. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for His name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know Him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. And I write to you, fathers, because you know Him who is in the beginning. And I write to you, young men, because you are strong. And the Word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. So just talking straight into what uh, John, the disciple, the apostle of Christ, is talking about here to his audience. He writes to his audience declaring them as God's children. So it's not in a demeaning way when he refers to them as children, but in an encouraging way because we all, as his children, have been forgiven of our sins. And that is something to rejoice about. But we see as the passage continues on, uh, and interpretively, John is laying out different maturity levels concerning spirituality. First, he addresses fathers. You know Him who is from the beginning. You have the depth. You have uh, this great spiritual maturity as you continue to grow along the father level. And then to the young men, or the adolescents, or the teenagers, as you will, you have overcome the evil one. And you battled. You battled. See, adolescence in your uh, developmental years, uh, both physically and in our spiritual adolescence, uh, we are full of battles. You are strong, John declares. You don't battle merely to battle. You battle for a cause. And that cause is Christ. And then he finally addresses, to you children. To you children, you know the Father. Period. And so, in your infancy knowledge, in your infancy of maturity, in your spiritual development, you are in the milk of the Word, not yet the meat, as it says in Hebrews chapter 5. And so John's laying out the different levels of maturity to the fathers, to the adolescents, to the children. And John is laying this out to this audience to set up this idea or, or this thought line so that they can grapple on to the truth because they've been given the truth. They've heard it. They've accepted it. It set them free. But the time has passed. The time has come and they have not grown in it. They remain in their childlike maturity state. And it appears that they're seeking the world instead, as John continues to write, as you continue to read throughout John chapter 2. They have not jumped into the battle where God's Word abides in you, and you overcome evil through that, His Word. So how do you jump into that battle? Where God's Word abides in you and you overcome that evil, how do you level up in the spiritual maturity game, in the spiritual maturity journey. Well, John addresses this actually uh, earlier on in his writings. If you turn to the Gospel of John, 
uh, at the beginning of the New Testament, um, John actually writes about this earlier on. So while you're turning to the book of John, chapter 8, last week, Pastor Derek kicked off our new series titled Scattered. And this is where we're exploring what it is uh, to be the church as we aren't gathered right here right now, but rather we're scattered everywhere else. And so this is where we find ourselves in the circumstances that we live in. Are we leaning into God in all areas of our lives during this time? Are we looking for opportunities to be the church scattered outside the building? The church is not 2290 East Ellendale. The church is you. We are the church. And you know what's awesome? You know what's super encouraging? Is that we don't have to do it on our own strength and in our own efforts. We don't have to control this. And in fact, we have no control over it. So we don't have to figure out God's purposes and His mission alone. We don't have to figure it out by ourselves. Each one of us has 24-7 365 access to the Father because of Jesus, His Son. Only by the Holy Spirit living within us. Amen? Now, I need to remind myself constantly, and maybe you do too, uh, but instead of being bummed out and getting stuck in my head concerning how long this time is taking and all that we are missing out on in this current stage, reflect on this. God is at work. God is at work. And as we reflect on that reality together, let's also ask ourselves this question, what is God wanting us to to learn? What is He teaching us in this time? So He is at work. What does He want us to learn? What is He teaching us? And that brings us to John chapter 8, as you turn in your Bible, uh, and we'll read from verse 31. It says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in Him, If you abide in My Word, you are truly My disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A very common uh, piece of Scripture that uh, we love and are encouraged by, but contextually, John is recording Jesus talking here with those Jews who have begun to believe or who have entered into Uh, this confession and putting trust in Jesus, period. And so, they're in this childlike stage. As we mentioned earlier in the book of 1 John 2.13, which we just read. So they're in this childlike stage. And Jesus is now telling them what they need to continue in their belief. As there is a massive need for depth in their confessed trust in Him, they need to be stretched beyond the cognitive belief that they agreed to the words of Christ, even deeper now into the allegiance of the truth that Christ implies, and thus impacting the heart and the soul. So if you abide in My Word, Jesus says, you are truly My disciples. In the book of John, we hear the word, word, uh, pretty often. It's repeated many times. And, and we're familiar with John chapter 1, verse 1, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so, according to John and his writings, 
The Word is Jesus. According to Jesus, the Word is Jesus, right? And so in 831, the Word Jesus speaks of is Himself and the truths He has told them. For us today, everything we know and can learn about Jesus is in His Word because it is His Word. So we are to abide in Christ's Word, which is abiding in Jesus, the person Himself, by picking up this book here and diving into it, abiding in it. And abide is not really a word that I use on the day-to-day. I don't know about you guys, but I don't use abide in my vocabulary and the daily. But it is a great descriptive word in this case to mean remain in, welcome in, being at home with and living with so continuously that it becomes a part of your life as a believer and a permanent influence. Jesus calls us to abide in Him, to remain in Him, and welcome Him in as that permanent influence. That is the mark of a true disciple. That is the mark of a true follower of Christ. And so what are ways that we can abide in His Word? Here's two ways for you that we can abide in His Word. The two ways that come to my mind immediately are we can walk by faith and engage in intentional actions. Walk by faith and engage in intentional actions. And by this I mean we should be preaching the Gospel to ourselves every day. Are you preaching the Gospel to yourself every day? I'll be honest, sometimes I slip up and there's days that go by. But we should be preaching the Gospel to ourselves daily as we walk by faith. And then we should engage in intentionally opening up our Bibles, our biblical texts, and not only just reading it, but engaging in it by reflecting throughout the day on His Word. Letting what happens in here affect what's out here. So that it's not just going in our eyes and out our minds, but in our eyes, sticking in our minds, infecting our hearts, and driving our purpose in action. I absolutely love reading something from Scripture, from His Word, uh, that then I experience in in a whole new way. And then sometimes during the day, that thing will pop up in my brain and it will remind me, it will refocus me of a passage that I read earlier that morning or earlier that week. And and those are fun moments of intentional action met with God's re-engagement of my attention to His Word. We also should and can engage in open interaction with Him through prayer. Have a chat with God often. He actually loves hearing from you. We should also engage in community with others. Battling through sin together. Lifting each other up. And these are all some examples of what it is to abide in Christ. Something that only you can do for yourself. It's nothing that I can do for you. It's nothing that Pastor Derek or Pastor Matt or or Pastor Ed or Debbie or anybody can do for you. It's what you can do for yourself. It is 100% self-driven and you see the results based 
only upon what you put into your walk with Christ. With the Holy Spirit working out the rest. Your own personal responsibility for your own spiritual growth with heavy reliance upon God, the Holy Spirit. The psalmist writes this, Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. Is that your heart and soul's yearning? If so, what we're going to do now is we're actually going to take some time uh, with what we've gleaned so far. And it was a brief overview, I'm aware, but, but what we've gleaned so far from 1 John chapter 2 and John chapter 8 here in the Gospels. And we're going to open up this discussion uh, for specific ways which we can abide in Christ as we pursue in growing in our personal spiritual journeys towards Jesus and spiritual maturity. So I don't want you just to hear it from me. What we're going to do instead is I'm going to be joined now uh, by some really wise and awesome people. So join with me as we interact. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey guys, so I'm glad that you've joined us. Um, we're talking through this, um, this discussion on specific ways and tools in which we can uh, pursue Christ better. And uh, on the spiritual journey towards Christ-likeness and our spiritual maturity, what are some things that you've engaged in and you've, you've really sought out that have uh, been helpful for you that we could share with our church family? Love to hear from you guys. You bet. Well, you, you know, there, there's such an ebb and a flow in terms of um, what I've done, Jake. Uh, early on, certainly a lot of scripture memory and journaling. I'm finding myself doing less of that. Hmm. Uh, so I, I think there's going to be uh, an ebb and a flow as to what kind of spiritual disciplines we engage with. Um, for me right now, you know, what we're really calling DNA groups, what is most helpful for me is that I have an agreed section of Scripture that I and other people are pouring over, and I know we're going to come together to talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to talk it out. You know, that was the value of journaling for me. I have to talk it out. Um, so that's critical. Thankfully, in our uh, life group, we agree on a, a devotional, and we have a chance to interact a little bit via the, um, uh, the internet, but not as fully one-on-one uh, -on -one or one with two other people. Um, you know, that is critical. Um, you, so for me, um, it has become less about the volume of Scripture uh, I'm less concerned about the breadth of Scripture, you know, like trying to read through the Bible an entire year, but more the um, how you allow Scripture to percolate down several layers within your being. And uh, like somebody said, uh, I rather than I master the Bible, I would rather have the Bible master me. Uh -huh. And so that, that's my response. Good. I love that. Yeah, I would definitely say it's changed over the years. You know, um, I'm thinking back to when I was in Bible college and 
went on a mission and we were talking about, you know, I was leading my team and just the importance of daily time in God's word. And I went through a little period of life and I've shared with the kids at church, they know about this, but I went through a period in my life where before I could put anything in my mouth, I needed to read a bit of scripture. So just feeding my body, feeding my heart, my soul. And, um, you know, I just found that for that period of, of time of life I think things are different for each situation that you're in maybe even a season you know for a new mom we've said things like you know we've had showers and you you know write a scripture verse on the on the baby's diaper I mean you know just in any way you can on the on the clean diaper when you change it you know what I'm talking about you Not guys are diaper. you get it yeah so you'd write encouragement yes. when you're a new mom you're busy all the time right so I think it's it's really about finding ways to get God's word into your mind, into your heart. Uh, another thing I think is important is reading scripture aloud because I really believe that there's power in God's word and speaking it, I think is just um, a beautiful thing. I love that you both said, you know, there's seasons and ebb and flow. Um, I think I like to give people freedom too when they think about what it looks like to connect with Jesus regularly. You know, I mean, would daily be great? Yeah, daily would be best. But but then we end up accidentally slipping into legalism and beating ourselves up when we miss a day or when we, and then we just give up entirely because we don't think we match up. And so I just encourage as much consistency as possible. And when you miss, you miss. Jesus loves you. Get back at it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard it one way. I think uh, that goes exactly along with that is when when you do have that stretch of like, you've been consistent, you know, celebrate that because that's something that'll stick, you know, uh, and I, I think that's really awesome. That's a good uh, insight. Uh, I think uh, honestly, for me, one thing is uh, it's great to have the Bible app and all mm -hmm. and uh, all those awesome Bible studies that are on there. But sometimes I need to put this down so that I can actually focus on certain passages of scripture, just like Ed, you were saying, uh, letting the word of God uh, impact and trickle down. I need to set aside the distraction. <laughs> so sometimes that can get a little wary, but yeah. Yeah, you know, Jake, th th there's such an emphasis now on learning styles, you know, certainly in the academic world, you know, how, you know, what is the, uh, the child's uh, um, way that they take in information. And certainly I think that's true. And I, I'm finding probably more with age because when I try to sit down with the um, written text, whether it, it's the Bible or any, I, I get so sleepy. Sleeping quickly hits me. So I'm finding myself listening a lot more, more auditory. Um, sermons, you know, the, we, we talk about the pros and cons of uh, the Internet and digital age. Wow. You know, I listen to sermons like common people or read commentaries, you know, people that you really value. And just helping you after you look at a section of scripture, how uh, under the depth of what, what is being said will come to life. So mm -hmm. that's great. Yeah. What, uh, what other things uh, do you think that we can um, utilize in our, in our personal spiritual development? Um, and it doesn't have to be just like what we're doing. It can be with others. Um, I'd love to hear from some on that. 
that's an area where I've had uh, just growing passion in in the you know recent years or even going back I don't know what it goes back 15 years in my life or or more 20 years where um, God has given me the opportunity more often than more more often than not in those 15 20 years to be connected with a group of of, of two or three other men uh, mm-hmm. no matter where we've lived or where God has taken us or you know. Uh, we've been able, God's given me those friendships, two or three. And and this is what Ed was alluding to a few minutes ago. You know, the idea of a DNA group is just a term, but, um, you know, we would, around here, we would encourage if you're a part of a life group, that's awesome. And, and a, having that community of people, say 10, 12, 16, 20, but then within that group, break it up into groups of three men, three women, three men, three women, that might be a next step for many in our church family to consider. I, God has used that in my life way more than really any particular ministry or tool. Um, I think the opportunities I've had in my life to have a couple other men that I trusted, that I loved, that loved me, that where I could tell the truth about my life in all the, in all the messy glory of it, uh, sinful patterns and, falling short of, of what God's best is for me and being able to be free about the truth of my life and confess things and, um, and receive God's love in return through them, through their continued care for me. Yeah. Prodding me forward. Yeah. Prodding me to continue growing, but, um, but receiving grace and God's love through them as well. Just a, God's used that a ton in my spiritual growth. I agree. I Oh, go ahead, Ed. Nope, you first, Debbie. Thank you. All ears. I was going to say that I really agree having um, a a couple people that are close to you in your life that you respect and can trust and care for. And I would just throw in there as well prayer. You know, having people that you know you can shoot a text to, you can you can call, you can you can drop by, and they will really go before the Lord uh, on your behalf. And that has made just all, all the difference in my life. And, you know, back just to the original scripture is important, but prayer for me has just been um, probably one of the most life-changing uh, parts of my relationship with the Lord. Just that praying without ceasing. It's not like you might think she gets up early and meals in the living room. And, you know, it could be in the car, in the grocery store. I'm, you know, doing laundry, but just that constant conversation with the Lord throughout the day and it makes it that much easier when uh, you know you get a text from someone you can just work it into your conversation with the Lord pray for them or um, you know vice versa so I would just really encourage keep the conversation with the Lord open don't just make it a special time Um, I think sometimes that that kind of makes us stumble when we think it's it's got to be the time it's got to be here and oh I missed it or it's too late now but you know I mean Jesus never closes. He's always, you know, ready to, to be with us. Yeah. And those that know you, Debbie, know that you have conversations with Jesus and, and God shines through you, I think, because of that, because we know you're talking to Jesus. It's so encouraging. You know, what, what comes to my mind, just in listening to us uh, interact on this question, how different it is, and it comes back to uh, really everybody's kind of learning style and how they take in information, how they process it. Um, because what came to my mind, uh, um, what 
I can do that helps me, but I can in, uh, use it with, with people is uh, not let people off the hook. Uh, uh, ask questions. So often in conversation, certainly it's ideal with the, what we talked about, that very small group because time allows for it. But we just uh, hide behind Christian cliches. Oh, uh, you know, um, we need to ask, like when they say, oh, boy, I, I, I love the grace of God. Well, what do you mean you love the grace of God? Explain. What do you mean? You know, what, you, you know you're trying to help them dig down a layer in terms of some of that terminology, uh, you know, what they mean. And the reason I think it's so valuable is for some of us, and I think I alluded to it with the disciplines, it's in the talking out the expression that we're processing. We're, we're um, coming to greater clarity. Um, and so that's something we can do in the hallways at the church. We can do while we're standing when somebody says something about, oh, praise the Lord. Well, you know, without being overly uh, uh, analytical, you know, but you can say, well, what do you mean praise the Lord? We do know, Ed, that you are the master of questions. Yeah. I, well, I think we would all agree here. There yes. is a reason for that. I yes. love it. I love it. I love questions, yes. And it helps us. It helps us. Helps us think and be closer to God. Yeah. Well, what was Jesus Christ's tool to make this up? How many questions did Jesus Christ ask? Mm. Interesting questions. Yeah. Good point. This is all really good food for thought. This is all... I love chatting with you guys because your wisdom level is way up there. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate well, Ed's, it. Well, Ed's hey, Jay, <laughs> Jay, yeah. Jay, since you've been here, uh -huh. since you rubbed shoulders with, yours has increased dramatically. <laughs> maybe you, maybe that's you? our influence. <laughs> uh, just, joke, just joking. God, I need humility for you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I really appreciate you guys. And, and I just want to turn this from, from what you're viewing on the screen right now into your living room. I want you to be reflecting on these things. What has worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? We all need to grow from and grow into Christ-likeness. And so I challenge that of you guys, our church family. Um, so hopefully you take some time to reflect on that. Um, how can we be steadfast in our pursuit, in our engagement uh, with the Lord? So that's my prayer for you. And uh, thank you guys again for uh, joining us uh, on here on the Zoom box. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yep. So, Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Take care.